Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. So I had a whole thing lined up, the act of a desperate man talking about the Clippers, and then I was like, that doesn't really work if we're also talking about Maryland football. Because I'm not sure they're desperate, but they sure are in a heap of trouble this week. And Seth, if you you just noticed, they took responsibility today for the death of their player in June, and we didn't get to talk about this because of one thing or another over the course of the last month, but... Your football program's in complete disarray right now, heading into the season in three weeks. True. Um, my guess is that DJ Durkin, the head coach, who is pretty well-liked by the fan base, is gone. The strength and condition coach, who just seems like a moron, um, has been fired. <clears throat> Um, and actually Maryland had to pay him $300,000. The AD who came in literally a month ago and already has kind of a weird history um, is in trouble. And even the president, uh, Wallace Lowe, may be in trouble. Uh, it's a Now, in the Maryland world, what we're kind of hearing is the, while we admit – wholeheartedly while they admitted wholeheartedly to be responsibility and it was the one thing they kind of resented <coughs> was a lot of the quote-unquote toxic culture um well, Seth, just, hold on let's let's give <laughs> let's give a re, let's give a recap of what happened so a couple of months ago a player died he yes so he suffered exhaustion overheating was told to run sprints. I mean, there are various reports on how tired he was when he was told to run these sprints, but he, ran, he was in a normal football setting, in a normal football practice in Maryland, and he suffered exhaustion, suffered overheating, and unfortunately passed away. Those are the facts. Now, rumor innuendo of what happened, whether he was – he told people he was struggling, whether he was visibly struggling, whether he told the coach he needed a break, whether he told the strength and conditioning coach he needed a break. Look, you got people on both sides. But though that happened. So here we are today with a coach that is on leave and a strength and, strength and conditioning coach that is on leave and probably no, he, is fired. No, he resigned. He, was, he resigned? He resigned okay. before he was fired. Okay, we have, a, we have a president who has all sorts of issues going on and has in the past as well. We have an athletic director, as Seth said, that just came on. And a whole heap of trouble is surrounding Maryland. And today, just today, we, just before the show, and I love hearing just before the show because this stuff happens all the time. And unfortunately, last week, it was right after the show, 
Maryland accepted responsibility for the death of John McNair. They accept Maryland President Wallace D. Lowe said, quote, the school accepts legal and moral responsibility for the mistakes made by its athletic staff at the workout in May 29th that ultimately led to the death of 19-year-old offensive lineman Jordan McNair from heat stroke. Well, thank you, Maryland, for accepting responsibility because A plus B equals C. He was playing football. He suffered heat stroke. It's your fault. In some way, shape, or form, it's going to be your fault. Now the question is, where do they go from here? Is the season over before it even starts for Maryland? Well, I don't think the season is over. Um, you know, it's funny that after everything, this is what he, what this is the Maryland football publicity that that we're getting here. Um, you know, ESPN ran two articles on this. One about the negligence, about the negligence. Second about their abuse in in regards to how they treat players. Um, you know. The problem also is Wallace Lowe was trying to cover his ass. Um, whether Durkin is responsible or not, I have no, I, I don't know. I don't have the slightest idea. Um, there's been a, a lot of conflicting thoughts on this, but the reality is if the guy was such a hard ass and was so hated, nobody really transferred out. There were a few, but for the most part, the people that came in that stayed with Randy Edsel, a lot of them left because they were but most of the players stayed. And most of the players seem to be very angry in regards to A, um, regards to A, pretty much Durkin being thrown under the bus on this. Whether it's not in regards to the negligence, but in regards to the culture. And that, you know, that Lowe knew this was going to happen. You know, he knew this story was coming out two months ago. And it's just now because of, is now, he's, he's being reactive instead of proactive on this. Um, I don't know what to make out of it in regards to, I just don't know what, what to make out of it. Um, well, I think Seth, I think the bigger picture is not necessarily Maryland here. And I know we're focusing on Maryland because it happened at Maryland, but let's remember what happened in the NFL when we had a string of these types of incidents, right? When we had Corey Stringer that passed away, it must be 15 years ago at this point. We had a new collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, we had a new collective bargaining agreement. And granted, that's the problem with college, is that there is no collective bargaining. And not to say that there should be, but there, there is nobody that is standing up for the college athlete. And we've said this with regards to the imaging, and now we say it with regards to their health. When, the, when something happened in the NFL, they did something about it. They had less practices. They had less two-a-days. They had less everything. And now it's gotten to the point, it's gotten to the point that you are basically saying there, there needs to be more practices, not less, because football players are saying there's, there's just not enough time to train. Well, in college, there's no, there are rules. But there's no way to stand up, and I think you may see an overhaul of the system at this point. And I know we keep saying this over and over again with different stuff that happens in college sports, but I think we're getting to the point where you're just saying it's time 
for the athlete for you to care about the athlete more than you care about the actual sport. I think you're going to see I think you're going to see world uh, sweeping changes as a, as a result of this. I hope it's true. You, you expect to see sweeping changes in the NCAA? I expect to see sweeping changes in regards to practices and when they can happen and how much time you can spend. Because right now, if, there, if it's a practice day in the NCAA, I'm not sure how many rules are, are, are around it. You're allowed certain amount of practices during the summer, but I'm not sure if there are hours or times or heat advisory. There are. I don't know okay. about heat advisory. I, I, there, there is a limited amount of time. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Okay. I mean, I just think that you're going to have – I mean, McNair's body temperature was 106 degrees when he was first admitted. I mean – that's admitted, which means he was already off the field at least 20 to 30 minutes at 106. He's a big boy. 106, 106 degrees is a – so you don't think anything's going to come out of this world sweeping changes? No. The, NC, the second the NCAA tries to ever do anything, it just – the NCAA, I mean, it just gets thrown under the bus regardless. I mean, think about – what happened last week with the with the agents in 2022? Certain age, certain players are going to be able to get agents. You know, you you heard about this, correct? Hello. Yeah, uh, sorry, Seth. Can you repeat that? Yeah, sorry, I missed that. Sorry, go ahead. What what I said was, you know, the NCA has so little teeth at this point that the. It, whatever they do is going to be pretty much no one's going to it's almost not taken seriously i mean we're still waiting for the results of the sean miller investigation you know the the, the, the agents if you remember the, the whole thing last week where the agents you know that there's certain players are going to be allowed to have agents while in college sure yeah that's Except ridiculous we'll talk, talk about that NBA, in a second and they didn't talk u.s basketball that's, that's garbage i mean we'll talk about that yeah, in a second but this is Hold on, but this is health. This is health-related. This, th- th- everything else is window dressing, right? I mean, you got Sean Miller. Okay, maybe he paid somebody, maybe he didn't. You have agents. Maybe they need representation. Maybe they don't. But this is, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to the that. extreme by saying this. This is somebody dying. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, at the end of the day, I'm not, somebody died here. I'm not disputing that, Sean, but the NCAA has not proven – the reason I'm bringing up these other things is not to really bring them back into play. But when has the NCAA proven to have any credibility, the ability to do anything, to accomplish anything? They haven't. Nothing that the no. NCAA has shown over the last five years that, they've, that, the, that, they have, that they've accomplished much. And you're going to, yeah, is there going to be an outcry early on for it? I'm sure there will be. And then you're going to have more and more coaches complaining that this isn't, that if, you know, we don't get the time to train, they're not going to tackle right, and there's going to be injuries that way and this and that. There's going to be this, that, the other thing. And it's going to kind of flow by the wayside. I hate to say it, and I'd like to be proven wrong, but, I mean, respectfully, when, you know, 
you know, when can when in the last few years have we been able to see the NC, what, what you know the NCA hasn't proven anything to the contrary? Yeah, I don't. Know. I mean, maybe maybe I'm really hopeful. I mean, more than anything else, maybe I'm just hopeful. I mean, you you are talking about literally people's lives. You're talking about a, a kid that's 19 years old and had his whole future ahead of him inside football and outside of football. More importantly, outside of football. 19. I mean, I mean when you think about where you were at 19, you, you, you had no idea what you were doing. And you followed coaches' orders because they were coaches' orders. You didn't think anything of it. And here we are with, with, with a child. I mean, I'll say 19-year-old child that is dead because he practiced too hard and he was pushed too hard. And, yeah, I mean, but then again, we have Art Bryles being hired by an Italian team. So, I mean, I guess anything's possible in today's sports, which thoroughly yeah, disgusts me. Well, that's that's a whole other discussion point. Yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking like of said, being thoroughly speaking of thorough being thoroughly disgusted, you wanted to discuss Bruce Bowen. I did. I did. More discussion about being disgusted. You're absolutely right. So again, let's recap what happened. Bruce Bowen basically said Kawhi Leonard mailed it in. I mean, I'll I'll call it spade to spade. That's what he said. I mean. I'm summarizing it, but he said he did not, he wasn't honest. He didn't play through an injury. He basically told player, the players, as all reports are, that he, should, that he was going to come back, and he didn't. And Bruce Bowen, who I really do like as an announcer, um was was the announcer for the Clippers, and he wasn't renewed because of that. So here, here's the quote from Bowen. He told Sirius XM Radio, I think there's nothing but excuses going on. First it was, well, I was diagnosed. Look here, you got $18 million this year, and you think that they're trying to rush you? You didn't play for the most part of the full season this year, and you're the go-to guy, the franchise, and you want – you want to say that they didn't have your best interest at heart? Are you kidding me? I think he was getting some bad advice. I think what you're starting to see now is an individual given a certain amount of advice, and it's not the right advice. You were protected in San Antonio. You were able to come during, up during a time where you can lean on Tim, Tony, and Monty. I don't think he said anything wrong. I don't think no. he said anything incorrect. I just think that the Clippers, who want to get the services of Kawhi Leonard, said, you know what? Kawhi wants to be treated like a star. This is the way to treat him like a star. I think it's absolute crap. I, first of all, I don't think they're getting Kawhi Leonard anyway. But that's besides the point. Now we're going to have announcers or, I mean, we, we've already had coaches go by the wayside because they speak out against a player. And, look, everybody can say Magic Johnson's the greatest player in the world or the greatest point guard in the world. But, remember, Magic Johnson threw out Paul Westhead. I mean, 1980, he just said, I don't like this guy, and in comes Pat Riley. So, 
it's been Stan, known even more recently Stan before. Van Gundy and Dwight Howard. Oh, absolutely. Yep. I mean, that's been known. But an announcer, I think, that is speaking the truth, I got, I got problems. I mean, the Clippers were doing so well. <laughs> and that's hard to say, but they were doing so well. They were, they were on the up and up. They, they, just, they just gave away – well, gave away is a hard term, but they traded Blake Griffin. They had cap room. They brought in Lawrence Frank to be the GM and Doc Rivers. They basically said, you're going to coach and not do personnel. And then we have this crap. And I call it crap because I don't think there's anything else to call it. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, I got I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a perfectly legitimate, you know. And can you imagine a guy who who, who who has trouble taking responsibility verbally, at least you know, as a leader in San Antonio? Well, you never really have to do. What's going to happen if he goes to the Clippers? You know, the Lakers have LeBron. He can kind of still be a little bit behind the curtain. Toronto has Kyle Lowry, who, although he's not as good a player, is the unequivocal leader of the team. L.A.'s got nothing. So if he goes there and he has to deal with the L.A. media, yeah, good luck with that. Now, let's be clear. I don't believe this is – I don't blame this on Kawhi at all. I I don't know about you, but I don't blame the firing of Bowen on Kawhi Leonard. No, but we both know that was why it was done. Absolutely. But Kawhi didn't say, you have to fire this guy. Right. I mean, obviously that that would be... Ludicrous. Yeah, exactly. But that's just the way it it is. It just kind of shows... Because, I mean, this is how... I don't don't know the right verbiage that I can use on the air. How wussified our, our world is. I mean, God, I get criticized all the time. I don't cry in a corner. I mean, it was done to placate the 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 potential of someone coming a year from now. Shame on the Clippers. And shame, you know, I mean, it also says a lot of, you know, that the Clippers would do this because they think that this would bring in Leonard. Or this would at least not bring in Leonard, but stop him from... Can you imagine what players 20 years ago, and I hate to sound like the guy, the good old, the guy from 20 years ago, saying, I'm not going to this team because their announcer was critical of me. Can you really imagine that? Let's talk about that, though. So 20 years ago, you ne- this never would have, it wouldn't have made news, right? Because there's no serious XM radio. The, the world's a different place. But at the yes. same time, Seth, and I think, I think this goes a little bit under the radar. Let's remember, Kawhi Leonard's 25 or 26 years old. Now, we build up athletes to be great people and all-knowing, and at the same time, and, and he should take further responsibility because he's an athlete, and he should know better because he's an athlete. I don't know about you. I know my, my fair share of immature 25-year-olds. So, 
if this is the I case, did my fair share of I did my fair share of immature twenty five year olds. Yeah, 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 yes you did. But the point is, <laughs> if this is the case, right? We all believe it's it's a stigma in our society that athletes should be held to a higher standard. But they're still twenty five and twenty six year old kids. I, and again, I say the word kid because you and I are forty two years old. But where what? What mistakes did we make when we were 25 that we would not make today? And maybe that's just part of this. And I, I, I never really thought about it until this conversation. But look, Kawhi Leonard is an impressionable young man. He's 20. I don't even know how old he is, but he can't be more than 27 if he's on that second contract. And he's making mistakes and, and he's immature and that's okay. That uh, as far as I'm concerned as a person, that's okay. Maybe not as a fan, but certainly as a person. And this again has no, this, this is not Kawhi Leonard's fault. And if people are going to give him crap over this, then he's, he's taking a lot of crap deservingly. This one's not on him at all. Not whatsoever. So we talked a little I, bit we're, we're, sorry, go ahead. No, fair enough. I'm good. Well, I'm hearing something in the background. What are, what are we playing in the back? Elmo's World. Oh, Elmo's World. Okay, well, again, things I don't have to deal with because I'm not a parent. Awesome. Okay. Well, so the, you, the other you, option would be him screaming in the background. So I'll take Elmo's World coming. for 1,000, Alex. Yeah. There you go. So we were talking. We were talking before about what happened in uh, college basketball last week about the agents and and that the NBA was was uh, basically blindsided along with USA Basketball. I want to point out to everybody that what the NCAA did last last week was a window dressing. I'm not sure anybody I'm not sure anybody that doesn't read very much in depth. None of that will matter. Whatsoever. And the reasoning none of it will matter is twofold. One, the only players that can have agents are those that were selected by USA Basketball to be top premier athletes. And we don't even know what that means yet, right? We have no idea. And even USA Basketball doesn't even know what it means. Number two, this all presumes that the NBA goes to a one-and-done scenario, which we don't know until 2000, which is reported to be in 2022. But that hasn't been collectively bargained yet. So until that takes place, these rules are BS. Now let's go to the third one. The third one says, and I like the rule, but I don't think it's applied very well in that we used to have a rule where if you got drafted and you didn't want to go to the NBA, you didn't have to. You could always go back to college. Uh, the main proponent of do you know the one person that took advantage of that rule? There's only one. I, I feel like I should. I can't remember off so the he top got, of my head. He got drafted in the second round. He didn't like his stock. He went back to school. He didn't, get, he didn't enter the draft again. The draft is the draft. He, he, his, his rights were still retained by that team. 
He was actually drafted, I believe, 40th overall. You want to I, shot? I don't remember. No, I don't even have a clue. Okay. It was Vashon Leonard. You can give me 5,000 names. I would not have come up with that. Okay, so now that's really interesting that this guy could do that. The problem is the, what the rules delineated, or at least the change in the rules, were not that if you got drafted, you can come back. It was if you did not get drafted and you can come back. But, wait a second, of the 60 players that went on, uh, 50 or 60 players that went into the NBA early last year, we know 20 or 30 did not get drafted. So, can those guys come back? Nope. They can't come back. You know why, Seth? Any idea why they can't because come the back? Because the scholarships are all gone. Well, I'll give you, well that's one reason. That's one reason, but there's another reason. Because the only guys that are allowed to come back are players that participated in the NBA Combine. Yes, now you can breathe. Because of the guys that played in the NBA Combine in the, that did not get drafted, there were five. So of the 30 or so that did not get drafted, only five could come back because they have to play in the NBA Combine in order to take advantage of that rule. So let's recap. They have to be a USA basketball participant. They have to be on this select team, whatever that is, which nobody has decided. The game has to be one and done, which right uh, sorry, the game has to be good for only high school students. And you have to play in that tournament, which most college basketball juniors and seniors do not want to play in for fear of injury. Got all that? So how does this help? I have, no, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> right. Exactly. Complete and total BS window dressing. Good on the NCAA tournament for coming out on it, but even better for the, for the critics that are calling it exactly what it is. Absolute garbage. Absolute and complete garbage. And to your point, Seth, you're absolutely right because Coach K, Coach K doesn't have a scholarship left for the guy that pulls out, that wants to come back. Neither does Coach Krzyzewski. Wait, that's Coach K. Sorry, Actually, Coach Calipari. Coach K and Coach Krzyzewski the same thing? Yes, that's why I went back. I was thinking Calipari and I said Coach K. Coach K doesn't have one. Calipari doesn't have one. The only guy that seemed to have one was Beheim. Beheim would have taken any of those guys. <laughs> we had a scholarship left over because we finally got them all back. So, yeah, there you go. You got that. And that is a remember, little troubling to me. You remember when we used to host a sports radio, this radio show and talk about, actually talk about sports? <laughs> well, that was going to be my next question, Seth. What do you have on your mind to talk about this week? Give me something to talk about. Give you something to talk talk about. It's like the last dry week of the year for us. It is because we got college. Well, we got well, college next week. We got fantasy the week after. We got the preview the week after that. Agreed. I mean, I have no great interest in talking about the first week of preseason. The Yankees. Although I do, although I do love the fact that the the Redskins continue to be cursed. 
Yeah. Um, Darius Geis out for the season. Did you read how pretty much they they just made, went after they went after uh, Terrell Pryor? Apparently Terrell was not too yeah. popular with Washington. Well, and he broke his yeah, ankle he's now. He's not too popular and, with the Jets either. Well, to, yeah, Todd Bowles is not exactly liking him. But the Redskins also released today Orlando Skandrick, who they paid a cool million to to sign. So the Redskins are, again, in one of those flux situations which they can never come out of. And Darius Geis's injury is, well, good, good for uh, Samir Perjean, Perjean mm-hmm. our guy that we had last year. Because he will make the team now, which he probably would not have made the team otherwise. No, he would have, but, he would have made the team. Oh, I disagree. I'm not so he would sure have made about the team. that. Matt Jones, Chris Tompkins, Chris Thompson, and Darius Geis. Where is Samir Pajin, who does not play special teams, getting any play? Well, I wouldn't have been surprised to see them keep him over over Chris Thompson. Um, oh. Plus, usually you do have more than three running backs on the team. uh, Yeah, so there's nothing really in preseason other than a bunch of injuries and a couple of holdouts being Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack. So, and Sam Darnold may be the greatest quarterback of all time. Yay! So I hope. So I pray. Okay. Yeah, look, I, I I wish I hope he's I hope he's I hope he lives up to the expectations. But um, it's always that weird first week because I I, mean, I watched maybe three minutes of the Giants Browns game. That's all I can really do with preseason. And like I know a lot of people watch it for fantasy purposes, just get some to get feels on players and stuff like that. I just can't. Um. Even though when, even though I'm up at one th- at two o'clock in the morning feeding the kid, and it's on, I just I have no interest at this point. It's, it's the beginning of August. I'm just not there yet. So are you the into college other... football yet? Well, I'll be honest. The Maryland thing has taken th- something a little bit a little bit away from me on it. Um, you know, they premiere it starts in two weeks, so that I'm getting there. You know, uh, EPL started this week. Watching a little bit of that. I'm stuck at home a lot. There's not been a, it is. <laughs> it was, well, I have a wife who works who works. It works her butt off. So it's not like I can just say, okay, cool, my paternity leave is over. I'm going back, and I have clients. So it's not like I can just say, you know, hey, I'm taking six weeks off. So, I mean, you know, so I've been home quite a bit. Uh, you, you can hear the excitement in my voice over it. Jake is having a little bit of yeah, a problem well, with it. Why is Jake having a problem with you being home so much? Well, that doesn't know with, with uh, Morgan. Would be, oh. he, I think he feels he's a little, his attention is a little bit, uh, he's no longer the center of the apple of everybody's eye or the only apple of everybody's eye. So he's taken a couple jump you- shots into the bassinet. No, nothing major. <laughs> but his, his shot is better. His shot is better than most. So, I fully agree with that. Well, Seth, if you'd like to stop a little early tonight, we do understand that that time is precious, 
and uh, with Jake and Morgan, and we can certainly pull it up next week. I know that next week is our fantasy football, uh, sorry, our college football preview. Seth will have a co-host, as I will be in somewhere in Japan, and uh, somebody that obviously cares a lot more about college football than I will. Uh, Syracuse will be last in the ACC, as we always are. But I might join <laughs> Might call it. Might call in. We'll we'll see where I'm at, as it will be probably 7:30 in the morning in Tokyo for me. But when do you I think when, it, when I, do you leave? When do we start get to getting to read about where the world is, Sean Palmer? Okay, so let's go through that. So so thir- Friday morning at 1:45 a.m. I will be leaving. Uh, it's JFK, and I first go to Taipei where I have a four-hour layover, and then I move on to Tokyo where I stay seven days. Uh, you will, if, if you'd like to follow, find me on uh, Facebook, uh, Palmer, and I will be happy to invite you over to the where in the world is Sean Palmer scenario. So that's number one. And then after seven days, I will make my way over to the land of Korea, where South Korea, I will not be saying hello to Kim Jong-ju, but about I will be going to the... Dennis Rodman, I heard he gives private tours, but I won't be able to get one. Um, but I will be, be uh, visiting the DMZ and the JSA, which is basically the, the middle ground between North and South Korea. And then after five or six days there, I will further make my way onto Hanoi in Vietnam, where I will spend four days before returning on Labor Day, just in time for the Seth and Sean Sports Radio fantasy football, well, no, pro football preview. I will be on the fantasy football preview the week before from Korea. You can count on me for that. No question. I will be on that. But next week is a no-go as uh, I will be traveling on Wednesday morning to uh, Wajima to to the Festival of Lantern, which sounds as awesome as it really is. No question about it. it. It's a pretty cool deal. But, uh, yeah, how much happy work, to, how, much, uh, how much work are you actually doing? Are you going into the office at all, or is this strict? Yes. No, no, no. I go into yeah. the, look for those that believe that I don't work, including present company. Normally, you say present company excluded. No, I say present company included. As Seth does not believe I work at all. I am going into the office Monday and Tuesday in Tokyo. I am going into the office Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in Seoul. No, sorry. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in Seoul, Korea. Now, what time I'm in the office is a little different, but I will be in the office all six of those days. So six out of six out of ten days. It's not bad. And then Labor Day comes, so I don't have to be in the office. And then I'll be back just in time. And we have, look, ladies and gentlemen, we gave our keepers this week for the fantasy football, uh, Seth and Sean Sports Radio. I don't know about you. Let's talk about this a little bit because by the time we get to our fantasy football preview, they'll already be set. But I'm happy to discuss this. I'm a little hesitant with our three keepers. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are. We haven't had a whole lot of time to talk about it. So let's talk about it. We have Antonio Brown being protected at 53. Now let's understand, ladies and gentlemen, we have a $200 budget. That's it. And we have a $53 player, a $32 player, 
and a $37 player. And a $22 player in Devontae Freeman. Seth, I don't know. I, I'm, I know we don't have much of a choice in the matter, but this is going to be our hardest draft ever. We're going to have a tough time in drafting. Yeah. Um, we've never really had a league or had a year where our draft, pretty much 50% of our cap is gone before we even start. And Actually, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. I think we have 260. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it's the fact that the, the draft – hold on. I'm looking up the draft. Um, our player acquisition budget, I believe, is the free agent budget. So I think we may have 260. Oh, 230. Okay. We have 230. We have 230. So we okay. have a couple of more dollars. So, all right. So we'll be halfway through um, with our two starting running backs and our and, and the best receiver in football. So it's not a don't get us wrong. Don't get me wrong. Uh, for those listening, most teams would be pretty happy to be in our position because you have the number one running back in football, the number one wide out in football, and you know a solid. High to low number one uh, running. Oh, back I think I think he's actually I think he's probably the sixth or seventh best running back. Like I think I don't think he's anywhere close to a number two. I think he's the number one. He's gotten the. Do you know Devontae Freeman's gotten the most red zone touches of any running back the last two years? Amazing, considering they have Tevin Coleman. Yeah, um, exactly. Now, that doesn't mean he scores on the most rushing touchdowns in the 20-yard line because last year he got stuffed, I believe it was three consecutive times. But he does get the most touches. So I don't have a problem. I, I, look, you and I agree, Freeman is a, is a no-brainer. I think Freeman's the bigger of the no-brainers than any of them. I just got a hard time protecting a $53 player in a $230 league. Right, but let's also look at it from a practical standpoint. Would Antonio Brown go for more than 53 if we released him? I agree with that, but let's go to the other practical standpoint. Last year we got Larry Fitzgerald at $14 because we waited. And I'm not saying we'll get him at 14 again, although he's one of my targets. I want him. But if we got, say, Fitzgerald at 14 and Jarvis Landry at 17 – would you prefer having two, 31, two players at 31, and even if Jarvis Landry goes at 20, so let's say 34 for those two players, or 53 for Anto- 54 for Antonio Brown and, say, Antonio Callaway? Well, I, I think that's a – I don't think that's a that's – a, that's a, I don't think you can do it in that way because we're not broke. You're not. You have a chance to keep the number one player at a position. You do it up to a you know up to a point of insanity. Would I? I would rather have Brown. I mean, the okay. reality is, you know, we're not going to just because we have Brown and Bell doesn't mean we're going to be stuck. You know, with the Dallas Cowboys number four wideout. Yeah, we may not be getting. Julio Jones to join him, or DeAndre Hopkins to join him, but there are a lot of number two, number three wideouts 
that we can get without much that we can get if we really want. And we'll talk about who we want, so on and so forth. But you know, the really I'd rather have a one great and then one average than two above average. Above average, above average doesn't win your championships. Super. Okay, so to your point. To, well, to your point, I did make this case to a friend of mine last year that you don't trade away superstars. Fantasy football is won by the stars. It's not won by the depth. So to your point, I completely agree with that. I just have a hard time. You and I are basically going to sit out the first hour of the draft. I, I don't see any way around it. And A, you and I have a hard time doing that as we have tried in the past, and somehow we wind up with a guy, even if we don't want him in the first round, uh, in the first hour. But we're going to have to put our kicker out for our pick, which I don't necessarily mind as long as he goes for a dollar. Justin Tucker, here we go. <laughs> we're not going to get Justin Tucker for a dollar. But you know what? I wouldn't mind putting him out because he'll go for five in the first hour. I mean, for those, for those that don't play auction fantasy football, and we can talk a little bit about this now, because when we get into our fantasy football preview, we're not going to be talking the differences between auction and, and uh, round snakes. So auction fantasy football is a, is a totally different beast. And before, no, I played in one before Seth, but most of, the t- most of my experience with auction fantasy football has been with Mr. Kamen by my side. And we've done fairly well because Seth and I have a tendency to, to, how do I say this, have a yin and yang scenario when it comes to fantasy football. Seth is definitely the more conservative person, and I am the more liberal person, which, has, which got us into trouble one year um, when we drafted one Aaron Rodgers at like <laughs> 75. Yeah, we can laugh about it now, now that we've been successful. But that year, man, oh, no, I, was I, I, laughed every you, I laughed at you when it happened. Let's be honest. You laugh. I laughed at you when you it laugh at me every. You laugh at me every year when Aaron Rodgers comes up. So <laughs> last, so that happened during Hurricane Irene. No, it I'll was during to... Hurricane. It was not. It was a Hurricane Sandy. Or Harvey. No, 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 no. Definitely not. Hurricane Sandy, I was in my apartment. This was when I was in... No, definitely not Hurricane Sandy. This is Irene, dude. This is like the first year I was in New York. Okay, this was... Then you weren't... You, this was Fred's I'm not league. even sure I was in New York. This was Fred's league. I'm not even sure I was in New York at this point. I probably was. This was... This was I remember I remember the apartment that we were in. I'm just not sure why I was in it. You may have been were you drafting for somebody? I don't know. I guess it was our first we got kicked out of the league. Well, we got kicked out of the league because we bitched and moaned that somebody was making rules. But I don't remember why I was in that apartment. It was a, was it your apartment? It was, no. It was on the upper east side. And I really don't – it was definitely during a hurricane. We were there during some nasty, nasty that weather. Is, okay, I actually but, do remember that. Um, you have any idea why we were in that apartment? 
Were you in – was that a – no, it couldn't have been that. I don't know why we were in an apartment. Anyway, so – It was – I think you were Airbnb. Yeah, but I don't remember makes, why. I don't either. Because okay, I remember so I was Airbnb. No, you're absolutely right. I was definitely Airbnb. I just don't remember why I was Airbnb. Because uh, maybe you were scared by my apartment. <laughs> no, that's my brother. I wasn't scared, totally scared. But anyway, so what happened was we're, pl- we're, we're going through. Aaron Rodgers comes up, and this is my basically my first auction league that I've ever played in except for one at work a long time ago. And I say, all right, let's just keep bidding up Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is going up to 30, 40, 50. I was like, yes, keep it going. So I just hit, keep hitting it and keep hitting it. And Seth, to his credit, said, we're going to get stuck with Rodgers. We're going to get stuck with Rodgers. I was like, well, if we get stuck with Rodgers, what's the biggest deal? We get stuck with the best quarterback in the, in the NFL, especially at the time. Getting stuck with Aaron Rodgers at 50 is probably okay, even though past closer precedent puts us, when we draft quarterbacks at 14, we win, not at 50. You don't draft a quarterback at 76. No. And that's how you lose fantasy leagues. (laughs) Because, ladies and gentlemen, there are very few, if any, players, and I'm not sure there is a player in in the NFL that is worth $75 in a a fantasy draft. And every year we see one person, at least, in our league go in the upwards of $60 to $70. And I don't know if that person makes the playoffs because we we don't catch that person, but... I got to think they probably don't. You spend that much money on one guy, you're you're asking for trouble. Well, we were actually invited into another into another auction league. We were. When is this? We are, but the problem is I don't think I think you're still going to be away for the draft because it's the Monday night before. Yeah, well, I'll be back at 10 o'clock. So, yeah, nope, not going to happen. Nope. Who, whose draft were we, were we asked to be in? Uh, my friend Rob Roush, who And it's, it's the problem also is the team – I haven't seen the team yet, but according to him, there's no keepers worth keeping. And oh, so I said, I, I got to see the league before I jump into that. Um, but, I mean, you know, look, we, we've kind of – we've been lucky enough – you know, we had really be- – last year was the first year we deserved to kind of lose the championship in four. Absolutely. So, the first year was just fluke because all our quarterbacks got hurt. And, Cut- and Cutler got benched. But, <laughs> Jay Cutler. And then we won two and a – what would you say? And Jay Cutler. So, As I said, Jay Cutler got benched. Get, yeah. To give you a little bit of an idea, I just went down all of the Mateo's league. Last year, the highest paid players, Jordy Nelson at 69. Yes, the Jordy Nelson who got injured like week one. Julio Jones at 62. Tom Brady at 54. I think uh, Brandon Cooks at 54. Ezekiel Elliott at 57. And nobody else broke the 50 barrier. So this is the first year we will have somebody in that 50 range. 
But I will tell you, I'll take Antonio Brown over any of those guys, including Ezekiel Elliott. So maybe you have a point. Yes, I just said that. Maybe you have a point. It happens for every once in a blue moon. Agreed. Right. Agreed. So it's, it's unfortunate that we will not be able to take part in that league. It certainly would have been fun to have another league, but hell, if, if, if they can draft the day before, I'll be in Vietnam. I could draft at 7 in the morning. <laughs> Actually, hold on. Your Monday, oh, it's still my Monday, because I'll be coming back on that Monday. That's unfortunate. Okay, well, we'll just have to win another Nabate Isles League. I'm perfectly okay with that. We'll take on I'll some survive more somehow. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It, it, we've been kind of, this has been kind of a half-assed last 20 minutes, but it's always fun to kind of reminisce on, on fantasy football. We'll talk more about rankings and such in two weeks. Um, Agreed. But I think, this one will, I think it's probably time to kind of cut this one a little bit short. So, Sounds good. Okay, uh, for Seth Kamins, uh, this is Sean Palmer. Oh, maybe you got something to say. Sorry about that. Okay. For Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer. Next week, college football preview, Seth Kamins and somebody else that cares more about college football than I do. I may call in from Japan, but we will see. Um, and then the following week, NFL preview, uh, Sean in Seoul, Korea, Seth in probably Hoboken, New Jersey. And then I will be back for our football preview on that Tuesday night. We will probably start a little earlier at 7 o'clock, uh, 7 to 8.30. So for Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com, Blog Talk Radio. And Jake, as always, thank you very much for joining. We'll talk to you later, guys. Have a good one. And Morgan, too. <laughs>